Well, hello and welcome to Dream Game Studios, the podcast in which me and Nomad get to know one of our guests and find out about the game they've always wanted to play. And our guest this week, Nomad, is... Young Thomas Brewster. Yeah, Tom Brewster, one of my favourite YouTube guys. He works with Shut Up and Sit Down, who I watch pretty religiously uh, and have probably caused me to spend significant amounts of money on board games I shouldn't have. Uh, I think he's a really funny guy and it was really great to get to talk to him. Indeed it was, yes. Uh, quite the uh, board game expert, but uh, also quite the PC gaming expert, as it turns out. He's got a wealth of knowledge to uh, slather you all with when it comes to PC gaming, and uh, also just great ideas, and many, 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 many ideas, none of them are remotely sane. So I uh, very much enjoyed this episode, and I think you guys will as well. Yeah, it's definitely one of the strangest games I've had made. The first one that feels like a a real roller coaster. So strap in and listen to one of my favorite episodes we've done so far with Thomas Brewster. So Tom, welcome to Dream Game Studios. Thanks so much for heading in. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's warm outside and the aircon in Dream Game Studios is cooling me right down. Thank you very much for having me. Very good. It's almost too cold, uh, or I come people say, but we're yeah. getting there. It's basically a big fridge. It is. It is. Well, that's because we've actually rerouted all of the air conditioning from like the uh, coders and the graphic designers and uh, everyone on the lower floors, basically below us. We've all rerouted all the AC just to our offices, uh, the very penthouse. So nice. Um, we, we, we consider it good, though. You know, these guys, they're here to make games and, and, and live out their dream jobs. So how can they complain if they get a little hot whilst doing it? You know, part of the yeah, job. Exactly. Exactly. So talking about games and dreams, Tom, why don't you talk us a little bit through your gaming history? How did you start playing games? I was trying to think about what the first game I ever played was, or the first one I remember, and it might have been on Game Boy Advance, Yoshi's Island, which uh-huh. I was given a, a, an airport by my dad to like, keep me o- occupied on a flight. And his memory of that is me being incredibly frustrated by Yoshi's Island for the entire duration <laughs> of a flight. Um, yeah, I, that's my earliest memory. Is like I, I played a lot of Nintendo stuff as a kid. I liked, I sort of, most of my games as a child were in the sort of like PlayStation 2 and Wii era. Um, mm-hmm. So like, I played a lot of like, a lot of like Legend of Zelda games. I played a lot of Monster Hunter Try on Wii. There was a really weird experience where I remember I used to voraciously consume official Nintendo magazine in the UK. <laughs> I used to love that thing. Same, I used to get it. Same. It was so go. good. It was so and then, good. And lining up the logos as well on the spine. Oh, oh, yes. And then you'd get like a big picture of like a long Mario. And if you missed some yeah. out, he'd have like no mo- no nose or something. It was incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be like a bit too, a bit too thin, a bit lanky. But, yeah. A corrupted JPEG of Mario on your shelf. I always thought Nintendo magazine was like official state, Stasi state propaganda. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to rank anything lower than five stars. It's like it, everything Nintendo puts out is a banger, according to official Nintendo magazine. Yeah, it was, it was definitely like, I don't think I was old enough to, to internalize it almost entirely as, as, a, as a big Nintendo propaganda piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was fun. They had lots of weird little features in the back pages and stuff, which I always used to really enjoy. How did you evolve as you got older? I then, I think I then just played a lot of like couch multiplayer games. So like I was obsessed as as a sort of young boy with James Bond Nightfire, which was this like James Bond PlayStation 2 game that was kind of like a worse, well, not worse. It was a better version of GoldenEye, but obviously everyone's going to think it's worse. Cause Gold, well, because GoldenEye is like the classic, but like yeah. by every metric, <laughs> Nightfire was so much better. Um, it, had, it had this one snow map which had like a, a a cable car going from one side to the other that I used to love and there were these like homing rocket launchers oh it was incredible um, and then after playing a lot of like couch multiplayer I finally got a computer and then sort of played Team Fortress 2 mm-hmm. uh, a lot and that sort of like that kind of multiplayer ballpark but then then the bad thing happened uh, I bought Dark Souls on Xbox 360 <laughs> and I was changed forever um, <laughs> I think that I'm kind of a really stereotypical From Software fan where mm-hmm. I just voraciously consume every single one of their games. I can't get enough of them. Uh, I, I played Dark Souls 1 over and over and over and over again. I, I must have played it like eight times or something like that uh, in, in like one summer. I just, it, it blew my mind. It kind of pushed my definition of like what video games like could do. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, 
you know, some people would say a really sad time because I just played a lot of Dark Souls in, in a hot summer. But I think it was it was important. <laughs> Do you feel like um, your taste is now irrevocably damaged by having played that particular type of game that you can't enjoy other things? Yeah, quite possibly. Um, I, I think that there's they sort of deliver a, a very specific drug that only their games can sort of uh, can, can can complicate. They they created their own market and they're the kings of it, and no one else can do sort of anything better than them, and and that's incredibly frustrating. And also, uh, it's it's frustrating as a fan because you can't find anything better, but also like it just means that you just get to play a brilliant game whenever they release one. I'm a bit scared for Armored Core because that's probably going to be their next game, and you know all mm. the stuff is suggesting that they're going to be rebooting the Armored Core series, and and I don't know how I'll cope. I just want I just want to hit things with a sword in a in a sort of sad lonely kingdom again. Um, sort of not, not much about. of a mech guy then. Not much of a mech guy. I don't think I've ever played a game that has mechs in it, other than Into the Breach, which is kind of just like a puzzle game, really. Yeah, um, that was awesome. I love, I love that game. It's but, so uh, good. It's really They're releasing that on mobile soon. That's gonna be. That's gonna be. Are they excellent? Absolutely oh, wow. hideous for me. I'm just gonna be in bed. Yeah. I mean, I'm already in bed playing Into the Breach on my Switch. <laughs> so really just a smaller screen it's <laughs> yeah progressively smaller and smaller screens until i'm playing into the breach on like a tamagotchi or something and then i've peaked <laughs> let's roll into the type of game that you'd like to make then is it a from software style game that you're thinking of at the moment i've got destiny 2 on the brain because i've been playing huge amounts of destiny 2 um and i think there's this weird thing that i've had where i thought that destiny 2 was one very particular type of game and i realized it's like it's basically an mmo i didn't realize it was that i thought it was a sort of campaign space shooter that you could play with your friends but no it's a game where the numbers go up over time <laughs> um but i think that so destiny 2 has this notoriously bad new player experience you load in and you're immediately confronted with like eight years maybe of destiny 2 content that just gets blasted into your face in one go and as a new player you're like completely lost in the woods you do not know what's going on mm. um i everyone says that's a bug i think it's a feature i kind of love it and i think it ties into my love of like FromSoft games where from software games don't want to explain themselves to you they just want you to to like dive into this world and experience it in, in its in its full throated sort of glory um and i'd compare that kind of like process of like picking up a game and sort of drilling down through its layers. It's kind of like this weird, like kind of archeology span that you have a, 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 a sort of a game that's presented to you and you have to dig deep to find that sort of like juicy core. And like, so my, maybe my favorite game ever was a game that I played at university, which was Outer Wilds, which is a literal game about archeology. span You know, you're going around and you're trying to learn about this, like, you know, lost species and what happened to them and sort of solve your own mystery. And in my head, I want to take that sort of impulse of video game archaeology and like go for it this is the game that i want to exist is a game oh, i need to explain another game for to, 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 to fully <laughs> right, picture context this i know i feel like i'm really rambling just about i'm not like it's a it's a game where you have a big gun and you shoot zombies no 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 <laughs> this is this is theory you have to understand um, the background all right keep i need I need to tell I've, I've had this game in my brain for years. I need to tell someone about it. There's this game called Pagan Autogeny. Um, it's okay. It's an indie game. Uh, I can't remember who it's made. It's I, like, I can't it remember the name an of the developer. Game with that title. No big know, studio sure. is making EA games next. <laughs> developer <laughs> is uh, Oleander Garden and the publisher Oleander is Garden. Hex Code Coven. Yes. It's, I, I'm fairly sure it's like a one-person development team. Like, it doesn't oh, right. feel like it's a game that could be developed by anyone else other than one person who is going a bit nuts. Um, it's part of a trilogy of, uh, of, the, of these pagan games. Um, it's one of my favorite indie games because, and it's, it's a very specific vibe. Basically, what you're playing is a huge, empty, fake MMO from the 90s. You're like playing this game that is meant to feel like an abandoned MMO where there's no other players. It's just you wandering around this empty server, basically. Um, in the game, you have such exciting stats as estrogen, body forming, uh, caffeine, poetry, and murder, I think are the, 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 the different stats that you can upgrade. Those are um, the main stats in the real world. I, yeah, say. exactly. The most important things that you can have in your day to day. 
And there's like bits where I realized I wasn't really understanding what the hell was going on. And I, it was for the first time in the game, I had to look at the manual, which is like a PDF that comes with the game and it's just all <laughs> text and it's, it's really hard. There's this bit in the game where you go into this weird temple and you find this limbless statue and you add rock limbs to it slowly until once you've completed it, you go outside and this game is like really quiet the whole time. But then suddenly your speakers just get blasted with this like really harsh screeching noise as this like object is like spinning in the sky and a huge glowing cross comes down to like obliterate it and then the game resets and it just when it resets it just flashes up with the words the martyr is still restrained um which you're like what the heck is going on it's deeply confusing it's one of the most (laughs) unusual experiences and that phrase is like scary but the game gets really freaky when the phrase the martyr roams free pops up later on and it's like is there another thing that is inside this game that is mm-hmm. now unleashed and is like hunting the player um this sounds anyway like ari aster was to uh, make a video game this sounds like what he would have done <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of bang on that's it's definitely what it feels like it, it's it, it gives me the vibe of like that uh, of, of the new like Daniel Mullins games like Inscription, where you have oh, this like yeah. corrupted ex- thing that's like kind of you know eating itself alive or doing something kind of like freaky. To 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 get back on onto the on topic track. of your podcast, <laughs> the thing that I want to that I would want more than anything in the world is like a version of pagan autogeny that is has like a Destiny two level of systems. I want to load into a game and just be bombarded with like pop-ups and information and menus and things to read so that i'm completely lost in in just data in systems Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't even know what the core game would be i don't know if you shoot things you stab things those are the two things that you do in games um or or whatever but i want the essence of it to be this thing that you feel like you're you're going through something that is like dead but has been like updated over time so you're trying to like scoop in through this this tangle of stuff that's been added to this game that's interesting um, i think i kind of want the dark souls of mmorpgs basically <laughs> it sounds like initially what you're looking for is some sort of menu simulator uh essentially a game where you boot it up and there's a lot of menus uh, yeah. You've got to go through options, and then there's another one for video. Then past video, there's various different options. Is that yeah. essentially what the core of this game is? Menus? <laughs> Quite possibly. I just want a really complicated file tree. <laughs> I think that that I the experience that I like is just is getting a uh, something that comes up in a game, and you're like, "What the hell is this?" And it changes your relationship mm-hmm. to like what you thought the game was. So, like the example of that in Destiny was like I've been playing mm. a bunch of it, and you can upgrade uh your armor to until it's like a, a masterwork status but it requires a certain currency that you need to get from this other person and to do that you need to do this and every single time you want to sort of you touch one thing and then a cascade of systems kind of flows out of it and i, I love that experience of of playing a game and feeling like you're you're in the deep end i guess would it would it be like you know uh kind of the undertale style of things where like you don't really know what you're doing when you start and then it kind of becomes more clear as things unravel and there's like mini games and like things which kind of break the game and you know it's constantly trying to like break the meta of gaming if you like over yeah. and over again i feel like when you start playing it it would be like you know imagine you know you're booting up a game and you're you're just doing the you know you have to you know slay 10 goblins and then you slay 10 goblins okay. and it says oh you've just gained a hundred metacord spend that to upgrade your you know snozwangler or something and then it just gradually builds up and up but then by the end of it i want you know you want the player to be able to look down on all these systems and be like i am the god of this world i understand what this what this does now uh i i have gained mastery over this untamable beast but then I think that the thing I like about like those games like, you know, like Pagan Autogeny and like Inscription and stuff is this feeling that like the game is a bit cursed, that like you're playing a sort of thing that is that shouldn't be played. Maybe this, you know, maybe this game's killed a few people in its time, for example. I think <laughs> that's, that's a really interesting idea because I love Inscription. I haven't actually completed it because I think the last bit is a bit boring. Uh, but before the last bit is really, really good. Um, <laughs> And Wait, I think what's what really do you think is what do you think is the last bit? Well, I don't know. I'm up to a bit where you walk around <laughs> some sort of two D map, 
Oh, you're not even at the last bit. Oh, there's another last bit. I also got embarrassed because <laughs> I noticed I'd taken longer to complete it than my brother uh, on Steam. <laughs> he'd, 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 I messaged him being like, if you completed inscription, he did like five less hours than me. So I was like, I'm much worse at him than this. So I'm never going to play it again. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, I really, what I really liked about it was the, A, that sense of discovery and that sense of uh, kind of feeling like you were breaking the game systems and trying to get a once over of the game rather than yes. like a specific monster or something. The monster being the game is that sort of, the sort of thing you're looking for. Yeah. I, and I was thinking, you know, like I, I, one of my housemates really makes fun of me because I really like season passes mm-hmm. like in games. I, I don't know why there's some part of my brain. I think that's kind of like quite most people who play video games do not like season passes. But to <laughs> me, I'm like, yeah, give me that. I'll spend six pounds to watch a number get bigger. Um, I like them, but they're also kind of toxic. And I feel like that's maybe that's the sort of the root of the horror in the game is that there's a character who is the season pass. You have to keep them alive <laughs> by being the last one that you like is playing the game. So yeah. as you're playing, the season pass is like, no, you can't leave me because you've got a hundred Robux, not Robux. That's actually a currency in Robux. <laughs> I mean, we're talking like uh, we're going into like the Diablo Immortal con, uh, all that conversation yeah. right now, where it's like, oh yeah, you know, you can you can get the season pass, but you know that 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 small fish stuff. You know, the real big boys are spending hundred grand. You got people on YouTube trying to defend why they spent like half a million on on this oh game goodness. right now, which as as a developer, this sounds amazing. So please keep keep going. We're ready. We we want this cash cow. Hell yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're gonna make so much money from a season pass that's sad if you if you don't spend money on it. All right. So what you're actually looking for is a game where you have to spend money to progress. <laughs> Rob, I thought no, you, maybe you're... maybe that's a bit far. Get this man. Well, hire him right now. Tell him you're on board. <laughs> Welcome to the crew. But yeah, like you you and then th- that you could have this. You know, like this, sure, the game has like all these systems in it. Maybe the game has like the horror that you reveal is the game has all these systems in it because the season this character that is this like dying season pass is like adding things to the game so that people keep playing mm-hmm. it's like oh oh you just unlocked this new currency maybe you should spend it on hold on a second i just need to go and make that system and then there's now another menu that you need to explore and kind of get to grips with because it's like you've got to keep playing um which feels a little bit stanley parable but but mm-hmm. maybe <laughs> maybe it's maybe there's legs maybe that could be a game that people you know a game that you know hurts you if you don't play emotionally I can't remember who, it sounds very similar to, there was a game basically where you were playing a bunch of mini games that someone had made for their friend. The Beginner's Although Guide. Their friend had made. That's The Beginner's Guide by, that's Davey yes. Reedon's game, and he made yeah, that yeah. after the Stanley Parable. Um, uh-huh. And yeah, that game is is really quite an experience. That's pretty crushing. Um, that's That's the one that sort of, spoilers, ends with sort of you being kind of like, the narrator being kind of locked out of this guy's life, right? And then cutting mm-hmm. all contact. Yeah, okay. Just thinking that we're on the same page with that one. Um, and that's quite, because that's an interesting, again, a game where you're almost playing against the game of kind of trying to understand what's happening with the piece of software rather than... Uh, yes. And in an, in an internal narrative, as, as it were. Yeah, I think that's like a really interesting like space to like explore in games is this idea of of a game that through its systems is trying to express something that isn't within the game it's mm-hmm. trying to get you to think about sort of something outside and it carries i think that's the sort of you have the most resonant experiences with those things where you you play a game for x amount of time but the thing that you you take that game outside of it i don't, outside of itself this sounds awful mm-hmm. waffly and i'm like beating up my own ass <laughs> but like i think that all the games that there's a lot of games that i've played that have been fun as hell but the games that have stuck with me are ones where i've just sat and and they're like i I can't ever replay them or i've thought about them but i can't go back to them let's go into specific details then uh setting i imagine you're walking around in a world motion this game while you're discovering those systems yeah what sort of setting do you want because i for me almost a fantasy one something very generic makes sense or are you looking for something more general something else yeah maybe i like something that's like really low poly sort of crusty looking kind of looks like a forest in like sweden or something and it's <laughs> and it's foggy it's foggy right. as hell <laughs> and you're like wandering around and 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 there's yeah uh, i don't know it's it, it's gonna, it's got to look kind of crusty i think it's kind of like crusty fantasy and everyone's kind of a bit messed up because it's like dark souls 
this this would this would be a hard sell, you know. Like uh, customers these days, they 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 like their games to not look like garbage. Um, mm, as, yeah, as generally a, a pretty a pretty important ask. Um, it's a D make. But... It's a D make. That's why it looks good. Okay. That's why it looks good, not bad. People, people still like RuneScape. Are you thinking RuneScape looks or? Yeah, that's that's the right amount of of polygons, I think. Mm-hmm. But okay. I think it should be first person. But first person RuneScape fog. <laughs> Dark Souls. These are all the keywords I care about. Also, you say that people don't want to buy this, and I think I think people wouldn't like. I think there are very few copies of this game. I think you make like seven copies, right? <laughs> right okay. And and you and you you take the copy and you put it in like a washing machine without or like a tumble dryer, and you make it uh-huh. look really messed up. And then you just go to like you know like a, a used like a a used game store like a CEX or one of the like dodgy ones. And you take your crusty copy of the game and you put it on the shelf. I guess then CEX make all the profit, yeah. which is a shame. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we could strike a deal with CEX. You know, we got a, we got a good relationship there. Um, oh yeah, yeah. How yeah, do you I think mean, that conversation at CEX goes? Hey, I've got this game. Uh, do you want to buy it? <laughs> I'm going to put it, it on. <laughs> I'm going to put it on your shelf for nine hundred and ninety nine pounds, and you're going to give me all that money. They've I mean, ripped off people enough. I think this would work though. Like it, on, a, on a serious note, like if a major developer like us uh, came in and just like said, "Okay, we're going to release like seven copies of this game," right? You just go and put it in like a secondhand store somewhere, mm-hmm. and then you just take a picture of it with like a crappy like uh, Polaroid camera or something, and then take yep. a picture of the Polaroid, put it on social media with zero context. It yep. will be bought in seconds. Like yes. people will be fighting in the street to get this game. You know, it'll be like mm-hmm. the the. The moon watches in in London. You know, people will be brawling <laughs> and throwing chairs at each other to 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 get this game. So that's that's a, that's a good marketing strategy. Is coming with there, we and will you be stealing it. You know, this is completely you know off the record of of you know this this uh, you know this podcast. But what you could do is a little bit of insider trading. You know, you could just pump up that that price by by someone buying it for you know ten thousand United States dollars. And then suddenly, everyone wants the game even more, and will pay even more money for it. Like, Pretty good. create that scarcity. That's my business plan. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting because Inscription, going back to that, had this narrative of it being a game that had been found in the woods, uh, yeah. and that's quite interesting. Uh, but, um, but imagine actually playing a game that you had found in the woods, <laughs> yeah. and it's also weird as hell. And like, it's introducing strange things and yeah. meta narrative. Well, let's go, let's an go. Incredible S- experience. Seven, seven locations. Okay, we've got the used game store. You know, like that. Mm-hmm. That can be the first one. You know, in the, finding one in the woods, just taking a picture of it and letting the, uh, you know, the four chan yep. detectives try to figure out where exactly it is. You know, analyzing yep. the plane trails. Uh, we, we need a couple more. You know, where where else could you put this crazy ass game, which would just be cryptic? Under the floorboards in an old spooky mansion is a good one. Um, yeah, I like it. A pizza delivery man tapes it to the underside of the pizza box, and he has like a sort of scared look in his eyes when he gives it to you. Um, <laughs> to order the specific right pizza to unlock yeah, the game, yeah. right? Like you, you leave, you leave your car unattended, and suddenly the game is just inside it. Something like that. There's, Those last you know, ones are quite non-participatory. That's just essentially yeah. random. <laughs> Surround people, be like, break into right. someone's house and and leave it in their bed. You know, like these are all good <laughs> ideas. I don't see any of the problems with this one. Let's let's roll into a specific gameplay then. Uh, obviously, the gameplay is emergent. It's going to change. What what would you describe as the initial kind of gameplay loop? I, I assume you're waking up in a cave. You're waking up in the woods somewhere. What are you doing immediately yeah. from that point? There's there's a there's a guy and he's like he's like sort of crusty. You know, something needs to be up with him. He needs to be like a standard-looking sort of MMO quest giver, but he has one line of dialogue that will repeat over and over and over again. It sort of breaks down. It'll be like, find the thing to become a hero. And then he sort of degrades over time till he's just going, eh, 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 and like glitching out in, in space. Um, like, yeah, and it can have like, like the, uh, <laughs> if you shorten it, it has like, it takes on a different meaning. So when he starts to miss out the words, it gets oh, more yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Yep, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that you said. What does the gameplay mean? Like, what does the gameplay look like? And I've just come up with a weird little guy, and that's about <laughs> it. Um, it's going to be a game full of weird little guys. I think that's kind of what I like. Um, mm-hmm. So you go out and you get like, yeah, you get your sort of standard, you know, dangerous to go alone. Take this. You get your sword. You go out and you start hitting some goblins. And the combat is awful. The combat is just terrible. It's absolutely rubbish. You just, you know, it's like Skyrim combat where you just move your arm back and forth and you hit something in, until it loses all of its HP. 
but or then Morrowind, which was really just hold the button down <laughs> yeah exactly. i want you to be able to entirely switch your brain off in the like the first few seconds of this game need to be awful because then it's going to start hitting you with 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 the menus and then you're going to be like yeah now i'm in because you'll pick up some item from the goblin that's like take this to this place and you take it to that place and and like a, a temple or something and you put it in a thing and then suddenly you get a new menu and there's this whole system of you know spells but then the spells require specific ingredients which you need to go to different parts of the world and then you're building on all of these horrible horrible systems until you have a game where you just don't you know that joke picture which was like this is what elden ring would look like if if ubisoft made it i think it was going around on twitter and it had lots of like you know minimap markers and things like that the game needs to look like that by the end it needs to just be absolutely unreadable unless you know exactly what's going on Mm. um that's exactly you know the story is going to be like that as well obviously Mm. but yeah gameplay gameplay takes a back seat you just have to hit things um Mm -hmm. with a sword i think it needs to be as crusty as possible i really like the idea that you know it just gets to the point where as you say you know it's, it's just unplayable pretty much unless you've been playing it from the start like gamers as a dota player gamers love that like feeling like the skill floor is like super far below them and like you know but it's still really really high right so yeah no one else can be playing what they're playing at the same level unless you're really really committed to the game <laughs> that's got a weird appeal of its own yeah no for, for sure you want it to be completely indecipherable to people you you want to have what my uh my my um my colleague uh matt matt lees over at shut up and sit down www.com was or every time he shows me his yeah exactly it was a re- and it was a really confident plug as well <laughs> um every time he shows me his progress in slay the spire he shows me what ascent ascension level is on he goes could a depressed person do this and it sh- shows me the ascension <laughs> level i want this game to be that i want someone to look at that and be like and and, and how many and how long have you been playing this game and when they watch you hitting a goblin with a little sword i want that core loop to be so rubbish that people will think you are just entirely wasting your entire life playing it. But to you, it's genius. It'd be quite interesting as well if those different ways that the game becomes indecipherable to other people are also indecipherable to other people who have played this game. So you get like different buffs or different systems that only really emerge for you or only emerge for you in a particular way. Yeah. So you'd have a build and someone even then who's put a thousand hours in this game would look at it and go, I don't understand what happens in your game and what's going yeah, on here. Yeah. <laughs> It has to be a completely has to branch so that your build of your character is, is unique in a way that is completely baffling. Um, so essentially you want us to build an AI, sentient AI, which can go back through all the janky, weird, spooky, odd, off-the-wall games and also take in a certain amount of horror slash alt-horror genres look through all of this and then produce a unique experience to each person which reacts to what they do and also make it as as, as janky as human which it probably would because it's an ai on run number one you know yeah. uh, it always reminds me of um when you're working with ai they always show like the first couple of runs where it's just wrong you know like uh, they're trying to walk <laughs> and they just fall over a face plant and then like you know by run a thousand they're like you know starting to walk properly and by run ten thousand they're starting to run but we we just want to take it back to like run five or something where it's yeah, still yeah, like yeah, horrific. Yeah. I want the game okay. to be unplayable instantly. I want it to yeah. break in <laughs> ways that are frightening and hilarious. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't need to be good. It just needs to be. It just needs to kind of like freak you out. It just needs to be a game that you sit down and you play for a bit and it just it kills itself in unusual ways. You know, mm. that's that's what I really think I'm looking for. In fact, I'm not. I don't know what I'm looking for anymore. Because I also want the, the, you know, the game needs to stay alive. The game can't crash because mm. the season pass wants you to, wants, yes. wants to live. It's, you almost start describing a roguelike there in a, in a, in a sense. Uh, oh, would that's you want a... it to have a single run that you could only ever do once? Or covering a lot of genres. Try a different <laughs> time? Covering a lot of ground. <laughs> <laughs> you can play it once and you can play it once and never again. And, and there's seven copies in the whole world. <laughs> so once you've played it, you've played this game for one of the seven times it will ever be played. That's 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 fun, but oh yeah, making it a roguelike would be crazy. Like every time you respawn in this MMO and you need to, oh no, that's juicy. That's really juicy because you could like, you know, say you learn about this specific system, but it took you ages to get there. You could like on a new loop speed run to that like late game system, and then you could have all this progress again. 
Yeah, because the, the season resets. Because that's how season passes work. So the season resets, that's how they keep you playing. But then one time you're going to do the progression well enough. I think this is incredible. I think, you know, I think, I think someone should make this right now. <laughs> you, you guys should make this right now. Yeah, I think, I think we might. Uh, let's talk through <laughs> the story. Uh, you've spoken a lot about the story about being this janked game. What's happening yep. with that? Uh, are there any themes you wanted to explore? Yeah, but I haven't worked that out yet. Okay. What themes do you think are underexplored in games that you think could be explored here? I, I think it's quite tricky because I think all of this is, it's a little, you know, the more I think about this, it's a little bit kind of like, it's a little bit cliche, but I think it should, I really like games that are exploring sort of the theme of like authorship in video games. Mm -hmm. Like, I, you know, you're right. I like the games like The Beginner's Guide and The Stanley Parable and Inscription, which have a so much of, and, and even like Disco Elysium has so much of the creator's life kind of transplanted uh, into that game. They're biographical or they, they're not necessarily biographical, but have this stamp of like you know this was made by people and the game reflects that in some way um so i think that the this idea that like it's this game is also like someone's life's work could kind mm -hmm. of like trickle its way in where this sort of endless season pass character is kind of a stand-in for like the consciousness of this creator who really wants you to play their game but kind of understands that you won't play it forever um mm -hmm. i think that must be a weird thing for like um, you know, for, for like developers to put out this game that like they think, you know, t t to watch someone just just play it for just a little bit and then you've got to make another one. They put so much time into these, mm. you know, works and then people so quickly move on from game to game. So having this like having this this consciousness that kind of is the creator, maybe it gets a bit maybe it gets a bit God complexy because maybe they've created this by creating this character that is the game. They they live forever because they are existing, but it's kind of in a digital prison. Kind of like the end of 2001, where he goes between the, in that room oh, with the old man, and then he zooms in space. I think that's not a very good description of what happens at the end of 2000. He becomes a space baby. That's what happens at the end of 2000. He becomes a space baby. I've not yeah. seen 2001 A Space oh, Odyssey, but I know there's a, big, there's a big slab. Does he become the slab? Or is it no, no he becomes a space the baby? Slab, uh, the slab's a, kind of a room at uh, the end. The slab is a room? Well, not the slab on Mars. There's a slab in space, and he goes and lives yeah. in the slab, uh, and and lives in a very white room. This is not going to make it. We're going to cut this bit out. Uh, <laughs> this is very relevant. This is important. The people have to know. <laughs> uh, then he becomes a space baby at the end, um, and that's the, that's kind of it. It's it's a comment on like singularityness and mm. the oh. event horizons and whatnot, and yeah, I think. Maybe I need, need to, to watch, watch this movie. Again. It's very yeah. good. It is. I did, did once go on a date and watched it, and that was a bad, bad date. But it was, it's a good film. It seems like a very long movie for a bad date as well. Yeah, that's like yeah. You could have picked if it was going. If you thought it was going to be a bad date, could have been a shorter film. You know, yes, certainly. <laughs> it did mean a lot of the date was taken up with quite a good film rather than the bad date. But <laughs> if any, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, okay, the glass half full, glass half empty kind of vibe with that one. Any, any other kind of storylines that you'd like to bring out or little kind of, is it, because it, a lot of short stories, I imagine, in this, this game, in a way. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that there's maybe having this kind of like, because I think that there's, one of my favourite parts of, of like Majora's Mask is having all these characters in this world they're kind of unaware. Some of them are fleetingly aware, but most of them are unaware that it's like going to end and that you're resetting it. And if it was this roguelike experience where you're going back to the start every time, having characters that kind of become increasingly aware that things are sort of repeating is always something that I think is like, I get kind of, that kind of tickles a particular part of the, of the part of my brain that does the, uh, you know, galaxy brain explosion vibe. Um, and I think that's like, I think everything that I would want to put in it would always just be, it'd just be a really lonely game, I think as well. Um, like I, ne I never really want to play Death Stranding, but, um, that game kind of being about these very like disparate people kind of forging these sort of like almost digital connections is kind of like the core theme of this game. You know, maybe there's this element of, of Dark Souls style remnants of other players that are in this world, that other people have come before you to try and untangle this horrible thing and either they've become lost in this thing like you or they've come out of it. It's not actually multiplayer, but the theme there is like, uh, is, is with sort of connection with other people, despite this sort of cataclysmic event 
If there's only seven players, then you you could make it somewhat multiplayer without it breaking. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, you could do like <laughs> rounds, right? Where you give out the seven games, and then like after a time, you come and take it back, and then you look at what they've done, you include it into the game, like you know, make them an NPC. And Three then... large men in suits come to your house and at gunpoint <laughs> extract the up. game from you. They get into a helicopter, and you never see them again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh no that would be cool like this like yeah like you bake you see what players have done you bake that into the into the experience and mm. all this is you know extremely financially sound and and you know we could <laughs> i'm sure you could us. <laughs> yeah no you could do it at, at the drop of a hat I, it's not going to cost anything i know someone that's happy to work in the in, you know in the downstairs hot basement for free so don't worry <laughs> about that of course you, they'll do you might be too young for this as an experience tom but it's a bit like getting a uh videotape from the videotape rental store and it being rewinded to a particular point along the lines and then you're kind of almost seeing the echoes of what the previous person's done with the game and if you yes yeah. a little glimpse into their life my experience with that was actually with a game where i got uh, i bought this nintendo ds game at a cex which was called uh rhino connect rhino brain benders a game okay. uh, a nintendo ds sort of puzzle game by famed german game designer rhino knizia um and it had a save file on it belonging to Barbara that had like hundreds of hours and they'd completed every single puzzle to maximum efficiency. And I felt really bad when I had to, I had to delete Barbara. I had to <laughs> Goodbye, get rid of Barbara. Barbara. Goodbye, Barbara. I'm I, so have, sorry. I have a really bad story about that, actually. Um, so, <laughs> you know, the brain training one, which uh, the really popular mm. one on the Nintendo DS. Yeah. So I had that um, uh, when I was like, younger. I don't know. I guess, I guess like mid teens was when I came out for me. Um, and i was i mean i i enjoyed it for a while you know played it for but i kind of got bored of it at one point and like one of the things in the game is that you have to draw something mm. um the first thing you do is you just draw something anything at all i think it is um and then next week it will ask you what that thing you drew was you know what did you draw last wednesday and you're like oh mm. uh, trying to remember what it is but towards the end, I was getting really bored. So I basically just draw like penises and, you know, naked people, and, you know, stuff which mid-teen kids think yeah, about. Yeah, standard most, teenage right? boy antics. Yeah. And then I stopped playing the game and, you know, because I was, I was kind of losing interest in it and put it down. And then uh, a little bit of time later, um, my mum was like, oh, I'd like to uh, I'd like to give that <laughs> game a go. Um, yeah, you can see where this is going. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, she was like, yeah, I, I wanted to play the game, of course, boots the game up, and it's like, oh, you know, it's been a couple of years since you've played, but we still remember, can you remember what you drew? And my mum was like, oh, <laughs> I don't know, maybe she you got it right. flowers. Yeah, yeah, she got it right. <laughs> that is haunting. That is absolutely yeah. haunting. Yeah, so, uh, sorry, mum. <laughs> we spoke about the graphical style of your game being pretty janky. Do you want the music to be janky as well? Oh, there's getting uh getting back to to the to Destiny Two in the new campaign. They have this kind of like a light motif of of this like kind of like horn track. The sort of the Witch Queen theme that like plays constantly. And there's this fantastic bit in one of the early missions where they there's something sketchy happening, and they play a version of that track, but it's like compressed and like bit crushed. Mm -hmm. So bits of it kind of like it's it kind of has these lovely like horn passages that then go like and get like snarled up and crushed and like i love that clash of something that's like really beautiful and like well lush and lavishly produced that gets all like crunched up by uh, mm -hmm. by compression so that's yeah. there you go that's the music it's like it's compressed. like compressed <laughs> yeah someone's tried to send like an entire game soundtrack over gmail like that's what i want the the soundtrack to, to sound like John Cage kind of style uh, repeating kind of things that come in and, and shift and change as, yeah. as the game. That's quite an interesting way of playing. There's this really lovely uh, album that I used to adore called The Disintegration Loops by William mm -hmm. Basinski, yeah, yeah. which is, yeah, that, that album is, is basically, it's just a, a single loop of tape that has just been all snarled up and crushed over time. And you have this lovely, you know, this, this gorgeous little phrase that gets repeated over like 50 minutes but it just gets reduced to nothing by the end. And you're hearing in that, you're hearing a physical thing get destroyed. It's not like a fancy effect. It's like, that is the music that is degrading over time. It is a physical object that's breaking in front of you. And there's something really kind of beautiful about that. Um, that's what I want the music to sound like. <laughs> Physically breaking. <laughs> yeah, phys like a MIDI keyboard that is someone is actively destroying by dumping like a load of water on top of it. 
That's the sort of low attack version of this integration loop. I think a MIDI keyboard would just instantly break. I don't know if there'd be like a process to it breaking. Yeah, that's true. That's very true, actually. But like an actual yeah. piano, you could gradually break, gradually like hit with hammers and smash certain keys, and that would be quite yeah. interesting. Yeah, or like, or like a piano that's slowly getting submerged in like cement, you know, <laughs> uh, that, that's, 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 yeah, perfect. Just a, a whole variety of music that is incredibly messed up. Um, but it starts off sounding fine. It just gets worse, and you're like, mm -hmm. "Is this sounding?" That's one of the one of the great things about pagan autogeny is about halfway through the game, you realize that the sky is loud. <laughs> like every time you look up, the sky is making this like constant noise that just gets gradually more obtrusive as you as you play through the game. Um, Pretty. Good. That's not really music; it's just sound. But yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sound. Let's talk about sound then. Do you want real life sound effects like a Foley style <laughs> Barbarian sound studio person? <laughs> it would be amazing if all the sounds started off as like chip tune, bubbing, and like budung, like sort of standard noises, and then as they get replaced with just like real people, like you know, like you, you talk to a, a human initially in the game, and they have that sort of like Animal Crossing wap 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 kind of voice, and then later on, it's like <laughs> just just a guy speaking to you. Like um, ASMR, like incredibly high and detailed, you know, like super, yes. super crisp. Yeah. And, and they have to have that, that from software quality of just sounding like really off kilter. And they end everything with a, with a sort of like strange laugh. Sort of ending oh. with a. <laughs> Any voice actors you'd hire for that particular. Any actors you want in this game? Because we've got a big budget. We can hire whoever you want. If you want uh, The Rock, for example, doing 10 minutes at the end, we can probably get him. <laughs> I'm trying to think who who could do the the sort of the season pass voice, the sort of like you know the 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 core, the thing that's trying to keep you in the game. Mm -hmm, the narrator. What, what, yeah. yeah, yeah, the sort of the so, the, the designer standard. From everything we've talked about, I feel like Christopher Walken is the right fit of like yeah. kind of edgy and weird, um, but still very good at his job. Or or, or like a Willem Dafoe type as well is is a good one. Yeah. Okay, actually, big big brain concept. You, you, we get an actor who we hire when they're 20 and then we record their lines as they age up till about, you know, 60 odd years old. Right. And then that's, you know, following the theme of things decaying and, you know, getting closer and closer to, you know, like to, to the urn. Uh, just like, yeah, this is the boyhood of sound. Um, we, we hire, we, you know, get, Chris, get a Christopher Walken like when they're 20, they're sounding all chip and, and chipper and then by the end of the game, we just record them, you know, maybe when they're on their deathbed. That's the sort of the final line of the game. And that would be, that would be cool and normal. So this is a game you've always wanted to play, but theoretically from the development timescale you're describing, you will never get to play this game. No, 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 no. That's, that maybe the game, that's, look, it's all, it's all falling into place. The, you know, the, the, the season pass that exists in the game, this sort of narrator insert character thinks of themselves as a god. Their project to sort of live forever is to make this game that's going to outlive them. Bada bing, bada boom. You know, you finish the game, the designer's already dead. You're playing their sort of after image. You know, just hire me now. Come on. That's, <laughs> that's it's perfect. It's high concept. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. <laughs> Have you got any thoughts about title? I think I'm, I would like this game. I think this sounds good. Uh, what, what do you think it would be called? Because it, it's got a big hook. Yeah. Um, oh, it, it, it either needs to be called something that is kind of like, like resounding and sort of like ridiculous. Like a sort of, I always think of uh, that Xbox 360 game that was called Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. The <laughs> dumbest title. It's just, they're just words that don't mean anything to anyone. Like something like that. Or it needs to just be called, like, I, I really love, there's a board game or a card game called, it's literally just called The Game. And I have a lot of time for a game that's just called The Game. Um, but I also have a lot of time for titles that are way too long. It needs to have some kind of, like, biblical slant to it, because it's kind of about, I don't know. Titles are really difficult. Maybe they I should, are. you know what, actually, I'll just call it Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. <laughs> Two. <laughs> Uh, two, yeah, yeah, that's um like Frog Fractions vibe. Like it's 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 hidden in Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning Two. Is this thing? It's like it's it's all broken and messed up inside of it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll, Kingdoms of Amalur Two. Uh, that's it. That's all it's called. I mean, it, or maybe it needs like a, a you know colon the something something something. But you know, that's you know literally any words will do is kind of the point of that mm -hmm. title. You know, Kingdoms of Amalur Two, Amalur Kingdom. -er, or something like that. Yeah. Um, you could make it like Pokemon Red, Pokemon Blue, where everyone's... Because there's seven titles of the game, they could all have different 
lens. Yeah. And the, yes. a part of it is you've got to work out what's different about your game to everybody else's based on the title. <laughs> yeah, like what unique Pokemon do you get? But instead it's like, what horrible decaying NPC do you find? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like there'd be like, there'd be the kingdoms, seven different kingdoms. Kingdoms of Amalur 2 is the first one. <laughs> kingdoms of blank something and so on and so forth. And, and, and that's all the, that's your sort of set of seven games. Easy. Look, it's, I don't know how, you know, game development, you know, you can just make, you, it's, it's easy, simple. <laughs> Any thoughts about cover art? We know it needs to go through a washing machine, but what, what image is going through a washing machine? Sad looking knight with a sword uh, mm-hmm. on a on sort of like, uh, on a sort of mossy outcrop. Um, it needs to betray no personality whatsoever. Um, that is the literal kingdom of Amalur. Yeah, that's what you're looking at. You're, you're, oh, wait, is it literally what Kingdoms of Amalur looks like? Hold on, I want to Google this as well. Oh, no, that's got some people fighting on it. Ah, oh, lame. Oh, yeah, that's a pretty cool cover. Re- wait, hold on. The game, the game is called... There's, the remastered version is called Re-Reckoning. That's incredible. So, okay, so there we go. The title of the game should be Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Re-Reckoning. And it's, it's entirely they, unrelated, uh, largely. It's kind of a, like a, a pirate version. Well, of yeah, game. we might have to, you know, buy the rights from um, from 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 EA. But like, what are they going to sell them for? Like twenty quid? You know, like it's fine. Um, mm. I'm sorry if anyone listening to this podcast really liked Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. It's probably quite good. <laughs> and railed it. But... Yeah, it's absolutely. <laughs> I just think it's just such a funny title for a game. Um, yeah, it's very positive on Steam. So. Very positive. Like, oh, big fan. Do like Kingdoms have a look. I think people this quite game, liked it. They said it was quite janky. That's that's good. That's kind of what I want. It's, it feels like it sort of fits in that Dragon's Dogma ballpark where people love it. It's you know it, it's a deeply seven out of ten game maybe, but like people mm-hmm. kind of love that. Um, it does it does look oh this looks exactly kind of like how I want it to look as well. Right. Like I'm looking at screenshots of this game now, and this is like make it a remove quite a few more polygons, and you've kind of got what I'm thinking. Kind of put a, a VHS grain filter over the whole thing, and people go will go nuts for it. Do you um, like a VHS grain filter? Do you like it when it feels? Because sometimes I find that can feel a little put on rather than yes, uh, like real. Do you like that, or do you like that? Not I, like I I do kind of like it. I think that it's tricky because I think sometimes you can just slap it on the top and it doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me. But I think when a game, there's something that I really love in games when they sort of try and make the game feel kind of tactile in a way or like physical, like you're in a sort of physical space or like you're actually watching a VHS screen. But I think you need to dress up the game a little bit more than just sliding a filter over the top. You need to go sort of all in on something like that. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I do like a bit of a bit of fuzz, a bit of grit, a bit of dithering. You know that kind of thing really does really does it for me. That hits the spot. So yeah, just put those filters on top of this game, and then kind of you can you can only play it on one of those boxy CRT TVs. Um, <laughs> so so done. many hoops people have to jump through to get this. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. You have to pay. Yep, you, you have to sign like an NDA and like a bunch of other stuff. Like there, there's there's going to be tons of um, yeah, tons and tons and tons of hoops to jump through. Like considering the number of systems as well, you're gonna need a beefy computer to run it as well. Um, it's gonna real be a, it's gonna be a systems hog. You need to host the AI, right? You know. It's... Yeah, exactly. You're basically hosting a completely self-aware human being in your computer. Yeah. Um, you know, like a consciousness that can sort of evolve and think. Uh, which I think you know, get you know, get a get an i5 and a 1060, you'll be fine. You know. Yeah, I mean, we could uh, we could assimilate some of the uh, one of the staff members downstairs. You know, one of the interns maybe uh, <laughs> upload them into uh, upload their consciousness and uh, sell them on as a game. I'm sure that'd be uh, we can we can work that into their contracts. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got it as long as they're young now, so that they can be old later, so that they can you know pass on and then um, and yeah, then be incorporated yeah. into the sort of the extended lore of the game, the sort of ARG outside of it. We could trap an actual person in a box. Uh, send it round to players. They control the game using various levers and buttons they press to change the systems. And then when you complete the game, they pop out the computer being like, it was me the whole time. What a twist that would be. That would be incredible. Just to, uh, uh, like, the last shot in the game is like, kind of like, you know, you hear like the cry of a baby in the game and then the side of your pc pops open and a person falls out. And, you're, and, and this is like, they've become reborn into the world again. Yeah, that's like... a bit avant-garde, but it would be good. It would be, it'd be pretty cool. But, but, but that'd be, you know, that would be a pretty epic gamer moment, actually. It'd be a top five gamer be... moments. 
Yeah, you definitely get some cool stream highlights out of that. You know, you <laughs> pop off on Twitch for sure. Like, there's a guy in my piece. You know, the YouTube thumbnail already. You know, I can't believe this person was in, this thing was in my PC. <laughs> it's just an obvious silhouette of a person. Arrow yeah. pointing to it. Yeah, and, and, and I would watch. I would watch it. I would watch it. It kind of feels like a, a really kind of gamer version of the Happy Birthday, Mr. President, when you know Marilyn Monroe jumped out the cake. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Got it's a, <laughs> it's a, a person, and they don't want it. to be there. <laughs> they don't want to. So, when you're, my, my idea, they were happy. They were to run this game. Your well, idea is that they're not happy. No, <laughs> if they were happy, the game would be fun. They're like, and it would be a nice place to exist. They have to be really bummed out about what's going on that they're trapped in someone's computer for for upwards of how many years. Um, I mean, you know, to make that sort of to sell the illusion, they might sort of need to be put into some kind of like dormant state. You know, we might need to sort of ship with the game a kind of custom computer that has a sort of cryogenic freezing unit in the back, yeah. so that you can keep someone sort of sustained for the time that it's going to take to play this game. Um, but you need to, it kind of needs to be like an emulated consciousness. They need to be able to think so they can interact with the game, but they need to not be so awake that they just bust out the computer straight away. So you basically, it's sort of a "I have no mouth, but I'm a scream" situation where you're keeping someone's brain alive in a computer, but their body is 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 not there. Oh, that's quite dark. Um, yeah, sorry about that. A good a good end, uh, and I think I'm very excited about this game. I think the costs will be prohibitively high to make, but it sounds yes. very much a wheelhouse. Yeah, it, copies. Sure, let's do it. It's going to be a lot of money for a game that will get mostly negative on Steam. Um, <laughs> yeah, seven reviews, mostly negative. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be damning. A man fell out of my computer and started breaking my shit. <laughs> Zero out of ten would not. Would play not again. recommend. <laughs> Creating a cult classic like this, you know, it doesn't come about without a certain amount of insanity, mm -hmm. which I certainly believe you've provided us today, Tom. So uh, thank you very much, um, and don't forget to sign the NDA as you leave. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, um, use use that idea. Just as long as it becomes real, I'm happy. Um, that's what this this is, right? Yeah, it's gonna you know it's this is gonna get real. made, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah real. Okay, I'll be clear that one out. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, it was great to hear your game and lovely to talk to you. Thank you very much for having me. That was uh, that was good fun. I hope it Thank wasn't you, too sad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>Dear, uh, I would love to play that game. I'd love to have a man fall out of my computer when I complete a game. I think that would literally be ideal. Uh, thanks, Thomas, for coming on. Uh, that was great. Uh, a really good episode, I thought. I, I still don't quite understand what the game... Like, I understand that the game is more of a concept than a physical game. and mm. uh, it's, it's, it's What a journey. What, what, I mean, what a journey. Whatever you want it to be, essentially. You're coming off, it could end up, essentially, as Dota. If, I think if we played it, it would end up just being Dota and it would be trapped playing Dota forever. Who knows? Who who knows? I don't want to take that journey into my own mind, but I uh, can certainly appreciate the uh, genius behind it from Tom. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for listening, everyone. Uh, that's been great to have uh, everyone on board for these first couple of episodes. Uh, next week, we've got another comedian on. It's the brilliant Bilal Zafar, who you may know from his Twitch streaming. Uh, he's a part of Limmy's sort of conglomerate of Twitch streamers, uh, and I think he's a really great comedian. Oh, interesting game from him as well so check that out next week uh, that's goodbye from me any final thoughts Nomad before we send everyone off into the ether no thoughts head empty uh, design games and uh, live your life to its fullest extent at least for this week until we see you next week wonderful goodbye then